Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word for about 13 minutes every day. Short time, but it gets us into God's Word, it keeps us connected in our relationship with God, and it helps us to, do, to maintain a more spiritual mindset to be able to deal with what life throws at us every day. It also helps us to stay strong and even grow in our faith, since faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. So you see, it is really imperative that we stay in God's Word on a consistent basis. Now you know people in your life, probably some within your own family in fact, who need to get into God's Word because they need to grow in their faith. They need to get in touch with God in their relationship with Him. They need to start focusing on their soul's salvation. Help them by getting them into God's Word by sharing these studies with them every day. Share with your family members, your friends, work associates, neighbors, with everybody you can. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means as well. But share, make that commitment. You may help somebody ultimately get to heaven because you got them into God's Word by sharing these short studies with them. What a blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study, asking this very, this very pertinent question, and it should be a soul-searching question for everybody. Is church membership necessary for my salvation? Is it essential to my being in a saved state before God and Christ? Do I really need to be a member of a church? Well, let's get rid of that kind of generalization. Do I need to be a member of a church? And let's bring it down to a more, to a more specific question and understanding. Do I need to be a member of the Lord's church? And the answer is resoundingly yes. Now we noted in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, the text said, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now did you get that? All of those who come to salvation, true salvation in Christ, he himself adds to his church. Now that statement was not just for a specific period of time, it's until he comes again on that final day of judgment. The saved, the truly saved, have been added to the church by the Lord himself. And so there are no saved outside of the church. So when you start toying around in your mind, ah, do I really need to be in the church? Do I really need to be a member of any church? Do I really need to, quote unquote, go to church? Acts 2.47, in a very succinct, straightforward, easy to understand fashion, says, yes, absolutely. Now, a lot of people, they think, I don't, I don't need to be a part of a church. I don't need to be in church services. I can, I can be spiritual without being religious. What a bunch of bunk that is. That's the devil who has really hoodwinked you into a foolhardy line of reasoning. Why do you think 
God sent Jesus into this world to establish his church if it's not needed? How do you think you can be spiritual without being a part of the religious body, that we can say spiritual body, but why is the church there? To worship God, and that's religious. To teach God's word, and that's religious. To sing praises unto him and pray unto him, and that's religious. Being truly spiritual includes being a part of the religious action of the Lord's church, the Christian church. And again, why? If, it's, if church membership is not necessary, if it's not important to be a part of any church, why would the Lord add those who come to salvation to his church? He himself does the adding. Let me talk about a man who was, from a human perspective, a very moral man, in spite of his personal circumstances. During the days of Jesus and the early church upon this earth, the Roman government occupied the nation of Judea, and they occupied the city of Jerusalem. Now, that was basically by the agreement of the Jews to just let the Romans kind of walk in and take over because from a military perspective, they were no match for the Roman army. But there was a Roman garrison stationed in the city of Jerusalem all the time. They allowed the Jewish kings to sit on a throne, but they were puppet kings. They had to comply with the will of the Roman government. They allowed the Jewish church to appoint their high priests, but again, they had to go along, basically, with the guidance of the Roman government. So while Judea was at peace, they were still occupied by a foreign army. There was a man who was a centurion within that army. And a centurion would have been an, a military officer over a hundred men, a unit of a hundred men within the Roman army. That man was Cornelius. He was a part of the occupying army stationed in uh, Caesarea at that particular time. Now, verse 1 of Acts chapter 10 there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. Now look at the description of, the further description of Cornelius. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household. Now that was significant because being a Roman, he had undoubtedly been brought up to believe in and worship idols but he had come to learn about God, the only true God. And he believed in God. He feared God, respected him with all his household. He gave alms, that is, benevolent offerings, generously to the people. What people? The Jews, over whom he was 
basically keeping in line, overseeing, and he prayed to God always. He became a believer in God, and he prayed to God always. While he would have been basically hated, at least resented strongly by the Jewish population in that area, because he was an officer in an occupying army in their land, he, he gave them benevolent offerings. He respected them. They probably had taught him about God, and that was probably how he came to believe in God. And he feared God with all of his household. So he had apparently taught his family members and all of his household, or at least allowed them to be taught about God themselves. And they all became believers is, I think, the understanding that we get from that. And he prayed to God, prayed to God always. Was he saved? He was not in the Lord's church. He was probably almost undoubtedly taught about God by the Jewish population of the area, some of the Jewish population at least. Was he saved? Apparently not, because if you read through the rest of Acts chapter 10, the Holy Spirit guides the apostle Peter to go to the house of Cornelius and teach him the gospel of Christ. Well, you see, while Cornelius believed in God, and from this short, brief description of the man, he was a moral man a God-fearing, a God-believing man, one who prayed to God regularly, who apparently led his household to believe in God, he was not a Christian. So God, through the Holy Spirit, sent Peter, the apostle, to teach Cornelius and his household about Christ. And when he taught him about Christ and the rest of his household, well then... In verse 47, or in verse 48, Peter commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they asked him to stay a few days. So they were outside of Christ. Now, why do I know they're outside of Christ? Because when they were baptized into the name of the Lord, they were baptized into Christ. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, the apostle Paul wrote, for as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. And in Galatians 3 and verse 27, do you not know that as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ? And so those are the only two verses of Scripture in the entire New Testament that have the phrase into Christ preceded by the means of coming into Christ and both of them say exactly the same, baptized into Christ. And so Peter baptized or had Cornelius and his household baptized into Christ. Until that point, they were outside of Christ. And where is salvation? Only in Christ. But Cornelius was a moral man from a human perspective. He feared God. He gave alms to the people, probably the needy people in the area. And he prayed to God always. But he still needed to come into Christ. 
We'll study a little bit further, dig a little bit deeper next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us so much, and thank you for giving us the way to come to salvation through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the examples that you have laid out for us in your word, the Bible, to teach us about coming to you through him and the way you want us to do that for forgiveness and salvation. Father, thank you for your love for us and letting us love you. And all praise, glory, and honor, and thanks be to you, Father. Please guide us and help us to live the life of being a Christian faithfully and consistently. Please forgive us, we pray. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.